Hi there, welcome to The Green Room, a podcast taking you behind the scenes and backstage with some of the most exciting humans in the music, comedy and film and TV worlds. Presented by the Handshake Agency and powered by Yamaha Headphones, Tiana Speter, your host here with you, and it is an absolute pleasure to be hanging out with you here today. To briefly recap last week's episode, I was able to grab a moment with Middle Kids powerhouse Hannah Joy just before the trio trekked off for a North American tour, complete with Hannah and bassist Tim's adorable son Sonny along for the ride. Officially throwing down from this weekend onwards, it's the first time Middle Kids have been able to play overseas since the pandemic first kicked off in full in Australia. And they're also armed with their recent incredible album, Today We're the Greatest. So America is in for a real treat. And I had a blast chatting with Hannah. It is an absolute must listen for any music fans. Some really awesome insights into creating and touring from Hannah there. For today's episode, it's fitting that Hannah and team Middle Kids are making their way to North America because my guest this week was actually about to hop on a plane to LA when I spoke to him. A segue is a segue, and I had the absolute delight of grabbing some time with Aussie triple threat and all-round creative juggernaut Keenan Lonsdale. Whether you know him for his iconic turn as Wally West, aka Kid Flash, on the CW series The Flash, Supergirl and Legends of Tomorrow, or perhaps his role as Bram in Love, Simon, his turn in Stan's coastal drama series Eden, his insane dance skills, or his sweltering musical chops, Keenan Lonsdale is undeniably one of Australia's most prolific exports in a variety of creative worlds. Recently returning to his first love, aka dancing, Keenan recently unveiled a new song and music video, with rhythm and music bringing some much-needed joy into 2021. The future looks entirely glittering and bright for Keenan, who will also soon be seen alongside Dylan Sprouse and Sarah Highland in an upcoming rom-com called My Fake Boyfriend. But in amongst all of his creative endeavours, today he joins the green room to chat songwriting, creative outlets, and finding joy beyond the comfort zone. Okay, well, I have Keenan Lonsdale on the green room with me today. Keenan, thank you so much for joining me. It looks like it's a beautiful day where you are. Uh, thanks. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, well, it's I know you've been... Oh, it looks sensational. And I know you have been extremely busy of late. I mean, even just closing out last year, you landed GQ Magazine's Actor of the Year Award. You starred in Eden. You've now been confirmed in My Fake Boyfriend. I haven't even gotten to the music successes there, but, you know, we'll be here all day if I do that. But on the topic of music, you have just released some incredible new tunes after we had Rainbow Boy drop last year. Considering how busy you have been, have you been able to take a moment to step back and actually enjoy all the incredible things you've done in the last 12 and a bit months? You know, last year um, I was able to go home to Australia for like seven months. And even though I was, even though I was working a lot and shooting the music videos, like we shot rhythm and music there, um, it was the first time I had been able to be home for that long in such a long time. So that was really my chance to finally be with family, be with friends, um, you know, navigating some of the border restrictions. Um, you know, and really take it in and take in the fact that like, um, even that I got to work with some family and friends, you know, so it allowed me to reflect on the whole album, reflect on the past, like eight years living abroad. And right now, like I just wrapped up my fake boyfriend two days ago. And so I haven't really processed that. And then I'll go to LA and just keep, you know, going back on music and, so it's a bit nonstop and I can feel in myself like I kind of like I just need a second to 
check in again um, because everything's happening at once. So sometimes, yeah, I don't get that moment. And I, I but I try to do my best to, um, whether that's in a practice of like meditation or working out or journaling, um, I, I, I try to make sure that I do that so I can give myself a bit of clarity and be really, really grateful. Otherwise, I forget to take take it in and enjoy it, which is there's no point to that. Yeah, especially with creative stuff. That's the thing. Like you, it's not that you lose the joy for it, but you kind of don't get to really, really enjoy and embrace those moments. And I do like that you did mention rhythm and music, like what an absolutely sweltering track. And it also obviously showed up your very prolific dance moves. Um, I think I've always kept hearing or reading about you being labeled as a triple threat, but I honestly think the best way to put it is simply you're a true and extremely gifted artist. Like you've obviously just got a knack for everything creative that you seem to touch. There's nothing you can't do seemingly, but can you talk me a bit through the making of rhythm and music? I mean, there's obviously some tasty eighties and huge pop and dance vibes coming through. What's the origin story of this track? Uh, You're way too kind. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. Um, You know, I was thinking about it this morning and I don't remember which element of the song came first. It was during the whole writing um, process of making the album in which I lived, I lived and made the album with my uh, producer and friend, Louis Fouton. So we were just roommates. Um, And each day we would usually, each session we would start by saying like, you know, how do you feel today? He would just ask me how I felt today. And that would lead us into creating the track. Usually I'd give either a short story or a long story um and he would then start he would pick up an instrument based up based up on what i had said i think with rhythm and music and how that was i was probably going through like some relationship stuff um and feeling like i i i was going back into that zone of feeling like restricted and i was reflecting on a bunch of the relationships i had and i was like i don't I go, it's not even always the partner that does it. Sometimes it's just me where I start to like, um, yeah, put myself in a bit of a cage in many different ways. And so it was me rebelling against myself and rebelling against like my relationship and saying like, no, this isn't supposed to be like this and it's not going to be like this. And in fact, it should be way more fun. We can have way more fun if we just like, you know, create some freedom within us. I'm bored of this like same old love stuff and, I think I was also like very much preaching to my friends a lot being like, I don't, I don't want to do monogamy anymore. I don't want to do this. And so I think it just made sense to put it in a song. And really we just wanted something that we could really dance to. Um, so I, I, I'm, I, I was so happy with um, what we were able to come, what, we, what Louis Futon was able to produce musically from that space. And um yeah, I'm, I'm so glad it's resonating. Yeah, well, I think mission accomplished, for especially the dance factor. Like I probably was dancing around um, and didn't realise I had my curtains open, so that's fun for whoever got to see yes. that. That's the best, <laughs> um, that's the best kind. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like it's the literal dance, like nobody's watching, but hopefully yeah. that some people aren't. But, I mean, obviously it's no secret you are an incredible dancer. We've seen your skills before. I did think to myself, if I ever thought I could dance well, the music video kind of solidified that you set the bar like slightly higher um, for my skills each time you seem to put something out that 
how fun was it to cut loose and showcase these dance skills again? Like, did you kind of come up with this concept together when you were creating the music? Like, how much of, of an input do you have for these kind of visuals when you do this stuff? I have a lot of input. I'm a bit of a control freak. And um, I just, even if something's a good idea, if it doesn't resonate with what I'm trying to say, like within the music and, and it doesn't translate in the visual, then I, then I don't want to do it. So um, I had gotten in the dance studio with one of my friends and like an old dance collaborator that I was in like a contemporary company with. His name is Kat Santos. And we hadn't worked together in years. Um, and we'd obviously gone off and done our own things. And I was just like, you know, um, my other like creative partner, Dylan Marnie, the two of us were just like, you know, we know exactly who should choreograph this. And so reached out to Kat, she was down. And then we got in the studio. She came in like full leggings and a leotard because she was like, you know, I just couldn't feel it without being in this outfit. So I have to like fully commit. And, <laughs> and we just jammed out for like three hours and we just, um, we just played around with movement. And, she, you know, I was also like, this was a year ago. So I was, just recently coming back into dance and so I was trying to like kind of relive my old dance days a bit but also you know try and try and push myself um so we kind of had to find that line of like okay I'm not the same dancer I was but I want to make sure it doesn't look like that I want to push it <laughs> you know what I mean like I want to yeah. push it as much as I can um so that's what we did and and we wanted the video to feel pretty stripped back. There's a couple different layers. Obviously there's the love interest layer and the tension there, but um, dancing was such a huge part of my life. And I, I really felt as if, um, yeah, I just, I, I felt like I had forgotten it for a few years um, and it was overrun by some other things. And I realized recently that like, it's one of the most important things for me and like, so yeah, that's what the video represents. Yeah, but it's an amazing combination of so many things. And I mean, you know, obviously we get it, a very different aspect to it because we get to enjoy it and have like just that pure joy emanating out of it. But it's nice like everyone kind of gets something out of it, it sounds like in that respect yeah. too. And it's nice to hear you okay. returning quote unquote to your roots because you have many, I know that dance was obviously a very, very big passion for you early on. So that's very totally. exciting. <laughs> and everyone actually in the crew was an ex-dancer like was a dancer at some point the dp director like um the ad's like everyone was a dancer <laughs> that's cool. utterly perfect like what and what an amazing result of it like it, you can kind of tell when you say that now that i think about it i'm like yeah that makes sense <laughs> the story checks out <laughs> and i believe this track is the first of many things you're planning on sharing like can you lift the lid on any other musical shenanigans you have coming up in the not so distant future I mean I know you are an insanely busy man like what are you fitting in in the music you know scope for the next little bit yeah as much as I can um now that I'm finished the movie um which is like you know 14 hour days and then you go home you have to keep and then you have to rehearse and prepare for the next day um we were still able to coordinate with the team in Australia and America um, and on ground in Canada with a couple of people to navigate, how do we keep things up? How do we plan out the rest of the year? And so I, I, um, I've been recording a bunch of new music, um, that will release 
on a couple different projects um, and planning out like more videos. I shot four videos in Australia last year. So Rhythm and Music is just the first one that's coming out. Um, and then it's about building up more of a um, fully fledged live performance. I've gotten to perform a few times this year, but um, the goal and dream is to perform the album from top to tail. Um, so that's what will really be the focus. And I'll pretty much just be training for that um, in the musical sense and in the dance sense and everything else that's involved. Oh, that's brilliant. That's going to be some very exciting times ahead. And it sounds like you yeah. made some very good use of your time in Australia while you were here. I think I was making sourdough during lockdown and you just, you know, four music videos, an album, no big deal. <laughs> I wish I could learn. You know, I had friends that had learned to bake bread. And I was like, I wish I learned how to cook better because I, did, <laughs> I didn't. I feel like everyone's come out of this, and I'm turning 30 at the end of this, this year. So I'm just like, I wish I did that. Um, uh, there's plenty of time for sourdough. Don't you worry. You've got plenty of time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know I mentioned it briefly at the start, but like, obviously you released your amazing debut album, Rainbow Boy, last year, and it was nominated for a Glad Media Award. Like, Aside from everything else, it's been so beautifully received by everyone. How did it feel to have your art and passion combine and actually be recognised? Like, how amazing is it to think how many others out there would be so posit positively impacted by you and your creations? It's pretty crazy. Like, you know, because even though you can see numbers of people listening and I guess with the pandemic, it's like I wasn't performing and I didn't really feel like, I'm like, are you sure? Is there any like real people that, you know, you're not physically able to see anyone like that. Um, so, you know, getting to share more and more stuff is always cool to, to, to feel that feedback and people posting things like that. The fact that it was getting nominated um, and in the queer space, it really did feel, yeah, it was beautiful to be recognized in that way. And, um, you know, it's like, you like it. That's so cool. Because I've had so many feelings with the album. There's, you know, there's times where I'm like, this is the best thing everyone's, anyone's ever going to hear in the world, you know? <laughs> and then there's other times where I'm like, this, this is terrible. No one should hear this. And um, so at some point I just kind of let go and it just is out there. And um, I find it to be really, yeah, really special when people share what they think and feel about it. And um, it always catches me by surprise. Um, it was the intention to um, to instill a lot of heart and spirit and messages in there, but you never know what's going to re resonate um, and at what time. Coming up after this, Keenan Lonsdale chats embracing the unexpected, adding joy to his world, and the recipe for pushing beyond the comfort zone. That and more heading your way after this quick break. Steve Bell here. I present the Handshake Agency podcast, Rewind. Each series takes you back to a moment of musical heritage as we present oral histories about great albums of our time from the people who made them. If, like me, you have a geek-like curiosity about your favourite artists, track down Rewind with Steve Bell at thepodcast.com.au, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favourite shows. I like how you said earlier, you, you hinted at you being a bit of a control freak or, you know, somewhat of a control freak because I hear you, that's me. Like I 
love to pretend I'm all like, you know, spontaneous and creative and everything. But meanwhile, I've got like my lists and like my schedule and I'm like, you know, such fun person at parties by the sound of it. But in terms in terms of how you create your music, like do you start with an end product or, you know, an idea in mind of where you want to head with it? Or do you are you able to just kind of flow with it and embrace a little bit of the unexpected as you create? Yeah, I certainly flow with it. Um, there's certain things that take planning, but like when it comes to conceptualizing a song, the best thing for me to do is to go in and be honest with where I'm at and what I'm feeling at the time. Um, and even just to have a conversation with who you're working with. Um, but then, you know, then sometimes it's not like that. You know, I, last weekend I got in with an engineer I had already had a plan of what I wanted to do. We chatted for like, we met and we chatted for like two minutes and then we just went straight to work. And the result was amazing. You know, we weren't really talking, we didn't know each other at all, but we just got to work and it was really beautiful. So I think you just have to feel it out at the time. Um, but my favorite kind of creation is to, is to see where the moment um, takes you. And I just like to get the vibe right, like, generally not obviously have other commitments i can i jam on some music i'll, I'll dance i'll put candles on or you know have a crystal around you know and then um but it doesn't usually work if i am not being honest with myself that day if i'm hiding anything from myself i can't really make anything mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, and that's, I think, and it shows like you do get it when you, you know, you can listen to some music. I'm not going to say it's disposable, but you can listen to it. You can enjoy it, but it kind of just comes in into your life and then it leaves, but other stuff just mm. kind of sits and you do have like when you feel that connection, like it comes through. So yeah, it's a, again, it's that amazing thing of the, you know, you having something, we having something like we're all very lucky. What an incredible thing we get to do to experience art and in every single aspect and 100%. like, as you also mentioned, like you've just wrapped up filming My Fake Boyfriend, like as if you're not creative enough, like an extremely exciting project and what an incredible team you're with with this. Like how did this come to life? Like what drew you to this project and this character who gets into quite a conundrum with a fake social media boyfriend? Well, originally um, our director, Rose uh, Troche, she, she had reached out and my team had sent me the script and then Rose had um, written to me and we had gotten to connect and just chat. And I kind of fell in love with her pretty instantly. And I was like, Oh, you know, she's a bit of a legend. And um, we, we both are on a similar page in the sense that um, we would Cause I was like, I don't really want to be, I don't want to do, like, I want to be part of queer films and projects, but I don't want to do them if they're not going to be told the right way. I don't want to be playing into all these stereotypes. Um, or I don't, like, I just want us to be able to share an authentic voice. I think that's what's going to make the best difference. And um, obviously that's where Rose was at. And, and we, it's really cool to have finished the production and been like, you know, I think we did that shit. <laughs> I think we, I think we fought the good fight where we needed to. And, um, I, I, um, at the end of the day, I also took on the project because it made me smile and laugh 
when I read the script and it made me feel a bit kind of hopeful about love. And I was in a slightly cynical place um, with that. And, you know, I think if a, if a script can, can bring light to you and, and can, you know, open something for you, it's like, hmm. I, I felt like I could use a bit of romantic comedy in my life. <laughs> Oh, don't we all? Like secretly, I'm like, I'm, I watched one for the first time of the week, and I'm like, oh, I'm actually enjoying this. Like, yeah, I don't, I'm so like, good. I've stopped calling it a guilty pleasure. Like, it's just sometimes yeah. you do need that in your life, eh? Yeah, and especially at times when you know we're all going through it. Especially people went through a bunch of stuff last year. Um, these are real issues, and and a lot of um, a lot of heartbreak, a lot of lost a lot of serious things and for me when that happens like I think okay well I don't deserve joy and I don't deserve this and it should all just be suffering but it's like well but then how are you going to get through and where, where are you going what's the goal at the end of that you know and so we have to be able to laugh that's healing that's medicine like and so it made me appreciate uh joy and humor a lot more especially because of the times we've had yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's come at a very, very poignant moment. So it's like, again, for you and for us, it's all working out. It's all coming up in, in spades for you. And I find it interesting as someone who obviously you're doing so many things creatively and quite publicly, like I've read you talk about being quite shy when you were younger, but how the arts kind of helped you find your people and grow into yourself. Um, do you feel like at this point in your career, like have you reached a point where expressing yourself through art feels organic or are there still moments you have to push past your comfort zone and, and, or any, you know, internal external expectations you may feel with this industry? Almost every day I have to push past the comfort zone um, because I do, I can easily like retreat um, and just be very internal and just be silent. And, um, and then I've just been, you know, those are the times when I have to check in again and, and make sure I'm coming from that space to flow. Um, but it's also an energy thing, you know, when you're around other people that are willing to be open and willing to create and just try it and look silly, you know, when you're, when you're okay with like looking silly, then, then that's where it starts to um, blossom a lot more. And, so yeah, it's still a dance, um, but there's certainly still times I, I really have to push myself and especially because I'm always looking to where I'm going. I try to be present as much as I can, but I can see what's ahead and it's never where I'm currently at, if that makes sense. So I always know like, okay, well, that's what I, that's where I want to be, but I know like I have to do all of this work to get there. And usually that work requires breaking through a lot of um, discomfort. Yeah. Yeah. It's that difficult thing. Like I'm, I'm, and like, I'm, I think I'm an extroverted introvert. People say ambivert, but like, you know, I typically took on a podcast and I'm like, I've got to talk to people every day and I'm fine when I talk to people, but afterwards it's just, you just start to get in your head and yeah, like my, my scale is much, much smaller to what you're dealing with, but it's an interesting thing where you're just doing it and if that passion does come to fruition and you suddenly can take on all these things. But, yeah, it's that fine line and the whole comfort zone thing. It's always good to get out of it, isn't it? Yes. 
<laughs> well, I know you've got a lot of other exciting things on the horizon and hopefully we can nab you back in Australia and get a live show and actually get all of this incredible music in action and in front of oh, us yeah. in person. But to close us out today, considering I have dragged you onto the Green Room podcast, when you are able to tour and take this show on the road and bust out all these music and beautiful dance moves, what is one essential item you would like to have in your green room backstage to make this experience more fun and, and or more sane? <laughs> more fun. <laughs> well, okay. A couple of things I would like. It doesn't mean I'm always going to have them, but I would like, and it's different in Australia, depending on where I am, I would like, weed some sake some crystals incense and sage but we don't need all of that but those are the things that i would enjoy and just great speakers in the green room that would mostly be it that would be priority would be great speakers in the green room so that if i don't have anything i need water if i don't have anything i can at least tune into whatever kind of um space i need to get to sonically um and probably also hopefully someone that I love, whether a friend, family, or, you know, a lover. Someone yeah. to keep you there, you know. That'd be yeah. Good. This is an incredible combo. I'm, yeah, I'm very into that. That's prolific. That, I love that was it. was about 10 things, you know, 10 hey. things, but, you know. <laughs> it's all very achievable things, though. I feel like there was nothing. Like, I've had a few weird answers to that one, so I feel like it's all very achievable. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, I know you're about to take off on so many more adventures. You've got so many things in the works, but thank you so much for taking me the time to chat today. Here's to an incredible rest of 2021 and a 2022 where you're probably going to take over the world even more than you already have. So I can't wait to see and hear more from you in the not so distant future. Uh, hell yeah. Thanks so much for having me. No All the pleasure. best for the rest of your year in 2022. Let's crush it. Let's do it. It already feels like it's here, so we may as well look to it now. I know. <laughs> oh, amazing. Thank you so much, and I hope you travel safe when you head back to LA. You sound like you've Thank got you. a lot of lot of busy travels in your in your future, so enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yay. Thank you so much. That was awesome. If you haven't already spied Kenan's incredible music video for Rhythm and Music, go and grab a watch and a listen immediately. I think we can all do with a little dance like nobody's watching moment right about now. And that track will entirely tempt you into an impromptu dance party. Or perhaps you'll be inspired to go back through some of his acting adventures, have a little Kenan Lonsdale party, kick off your weekend in style. A huge thank you to Keenan for joining me today and keep an eye out for a lot more to come from this incredibly talented human in the very, very near future. If you're searching for more things to distract your brain, you can listen to all previous episodes of The Green Room and a heap of other shows over at thepodcast.com.au. That's podcast plural. And if you're of the visual persuasion, you can also watch episodes of The Green Room over on YouTube, either via the podcast channel or just type in The Green Room with Tiana Speeder and away you go. Reviewing, subscribing and liking, as always, helps us get the word out there. So if you do enjoy this podcast and you have a spare couple of seconds in your day, why not chuck The Green Room some love? I would love to hear from you. In the meantime, it's been a delight spending some time in your ears today. But for now, I'll say farewell. Thanks for stopping by The Green Room. And let's do it all again next week.
The Green Room with Tiana Spita is a podcast from the Handshake Agency Network, produced by Tiana Spita and Andrew Mast, with Pharrell D'Souza and Henry Gibson providing research, recorded and engineered by Zig Parker, executive producer Craig Truitt.